Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. think it was a spider who that munched on my arm and made my whole arm look like cloverfield it looks like spider bites it's crazy it's either one spider from the outside yeah or 10 from the inside well, oh god i hope not because i'm gonna have dreams of like egg sacs bursting my body one of my worst nightmares holy fuck your arm doesn't look good though nope. i'm just gonna be straight up your <laughs> arm looks bad you know i yeah i was checking archie moo for ticks because he was running through the tall grass and then um all of a sudden, I was like, well, maybe I should look at myself. And then I found this bite on my arm, but it wasn't a tick. I think it was just a very angry spider that like got trapped in my long sleeve when we were hiking, and it just chomped on me a hundred times, but now... Spider trapped in my long sleeve sounds like an amazing rap lyric. <laughs> <laughs> somebody yeah. famous who like, you know, all the hangers on who want something, want somebody made it. Spider trapped in my long sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> and it okay. also... Yeah. Sounds like a nightmare for you to be dealing with. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know what else is fucking great about 2021 and the beginning of this fucking new year? I have health insurance. What? Yes. So, you know, I Ring could... the alarm, but not the ambulance one. That's yeah. great. I mean, I could go get it looked at. I'm not going to because, you know, COVID. But, uh, sure. you, you know, if I get to a point where I'm really concerned about this arm thing that's happening, I can, I can get it looked at. Have you gone to CVS or done anything over-the-counter-wise to take care of yourself? I've gone down some weird online rabbit holes i have um exfoliated and used a lot of neosporin okay um, and i'm just keeping an eye on things but you know you've seen it it's not good it ain't good no nope. it looks like you're allergic to spiders yes and I, you know i'm i'm guessing that i might be i'm allergic to all kinds of weird shit i remember years ago uh i got bitten up by mosquitoes one night when i was just like out with a bunch of friends and i had such a crazy reaction that like it was shocking and everyone else was fine so you know, I'm sensitive. My blood is sweet. Spiders and mosquitoes like me. They do. I'm delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mary Jane. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I'm feeling really good. Good. I'm feeling as good as how we celebrated New Year's, in fact. Okay. Let's get into it a little bit because that was so fun and also like so goofy. Just we took Molly on New Year's mm -hmm. to ring in the New Year with um abandonment yes letting go resetting feeling good so nice getting in the pocket together exactly uh -huh. and we partied so hard oh my god we raged we raged we raged i put on a headlamp <laughs> <laughs> it felt like burning man all over again filled a b water bottle yep. with water mm-hmm Put on a backpack. Yep. And we went geocaching for treasure <laughs> around the neighborhood on Molly. It was great. It was the most. <laughs> We're like looking under park benches in the middle of Melrose where there's like Supreme stores and yep. Nike outlets. And we're looking under park benches like, I found it. I found it. <laughs> Late at night. LA streets are desolate and dark. Everyone's <laughs> staying home as they all should be. And we were like safe. I mean, we were like, you know, all masked up and staying, you know, I mean, we were the only ones out. Right. And um, yeah. Rolling. Uh, rolling. I found a nano cache, which was very exciting because I'm new to geocaching. Never done it before. This is my first time. High as hell. I fucking love it. Um, and it was like the tiniest, coolest find. It was like this little way up high, teeny tiny little time capsule with a scroll in it that then yeah. we got to like sign. That was awesome. It was so dope. It was a. T it was like the size of a, smaller than a button, yeah. magnetized and stuck on the inside of a electrical pole. Yeah. And you found it. You're like, I got it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like rubbing my hands together because the Molly's <laughs> kicking in. And I'm just like kind of forgetting to look around. And you're like, I got it. I got it. And I run over and there's this tiny little scroll in your hand. Yeah. The best feeling in the world. It truly was. It was definitely the fucking nerdiest uh, time that I've ever had on Molly. Well, because... <laughs> After we celebrated our geocaches mm -hmm. and um, you walked with a headlamp through the streets of California, uh -huh. we went back to your place, cracked open a bottle of wine, and played... <laughs> Uh, backgammon. We played backgammon. It was really, we raged, you guys. We went crazy. <laughs> we went geocaching, and then we played backgammon. 
<laughs> with the a very nice role. bottle of Pinot Noir. It was like, <laughs> it was, it was great. It was great. Archie and Bobo were like, wow, you guys are really partying. The Atlantic is coming in its pants right now with our, (laughs) the way we do drugs. It was very fucking civilized and it was really nice. It was so fucking fun. And I had a great time. Same here, Mary Jane. It was a blast to do with you. Like I, at first I was kind of ashamed because I'm so used to running around Vegas, you know, with three cigarettes and a blunt, just mm-hmm. partying hard when I roll. Yeah. This was such a joy and it was so low key fun and Apple music is hitting the playlist perfectly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. felt great. It was so reasonable. And I think that's what I want um, out of life this year is for things to be reasonable once again. And that felt like a very reasonable like a reasonable time, a reasonable trip, a reasonable experience, like with warmth and joy, but no like over the top wildness. And and that's good because I'm looking for like reasonable comfort for all, uh, myself included. And um, so it felt perfect. That's, uh, can I, can I copy? Yeah. I want to copy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hit control C on that. I mean, truly like it, it, I, I just feel like it's like our guest today, like we were talking about just like finding that balance, finding, you know, the way forward through the healing that works for you. And once you find it, you know, you can really like unlock a bunch of doors to healing all parts of your life. I was, I know we have a big, wonderful interview with Heather, mm-hmm. but I, uh, but, and so much more to talk about before the interview, but I, I will say listening back to our conversation and deciding to drop this one as our first interview for the new year felt so right because of the reset, the belief in yourself, mm-hmm. the, what, there's a moment where she's like, oh, okay, what is the honest truth? And she's asking herself that to give an answer that is like honest to her Mm -hmm. and I was like fuck yeah that's how I want to approach 2021 I want to say what I'm feeling and how I want to say it is with a reasonable attitude at all times yeah Mm. honesty and authenticity and reasonableness and kindness and compassion in all areas of life would be uh, pretty fucking fantastic Mm -hmm. also we're gonna end up taking shrooms playing uno and crocheting by february (laughs) definitely want to drop acid macrame it's gonna be it's gonna be great yeah (laughs) what'd you guys do oh man have you ever taken shrooms and used the air fryer man i knitted this whole scarf check it out It's great. I like being a nerd. I like being a nerd like that with you. It's really lovely, you know? Yeah. It just, it felt, it felt great. I feel rosy and glowy from it still. That's awesome. Well, we have another geocache uh, just past La Brea if you want to smoke some late grade and do a little bit of, um, uh, of treasure hunting together sometime soon. I love that. I love that. I think it's the only way for me that I can do the geocaching because I just don't have the patience or the, um, attention to detail Unless I'm stoned, in which case, like, you want to spend all of the time getting everything right. Like, I love getting high and cleaning my bathroom, for instance. Like, that's yeah. when I actually, like, scrub the tile grout with a toothbrush and get it all perfectly sparkling clean. Because I just don't have that patience when I'm not um, smoking weed. So, smoking some late grade and going fucking geocaching with you sounds perfect. It's awesome. Well, I think that's the the thing I love most about having a companion to geocache with instead of going by myself because it is really fun like i'll hit the budzilla the hybrid Mm -hmm. Um, that's my favorite right now as far as their pre-rolls and bud is concerned and i will go geocache and it's it's nighttime and i'm a dude using my phone light to search around poles and yards and (laughs) nobody's asking for that and i'm nervous doing it Mm -hmm. but when my companion has splunking gear a headlamp and a dog. I'm I'm happily high and excited for the hunt. Listen, wait until you come bird watching with me when you're high. Like th- this is th- this is my new thing is being a like a giant fucking nerd who's into treasure hunting and geocaching and bird watching and like all of these very safe solitary activities I think is what I'm finding, you know, yeah. that are replacing my um my previous life in which I would, you know, go to Life is Beautiful with you or whatever. But now it's like these little activities are perfect. What you're making me think of is this is you know, like if yes, last year was like the year of the dumpster fire mm-hmm. would be how we'd qualify it. Sure. This is the year of Bob Ross. Definitely Bob Ross, patron saint of 2021 for sure. Happy little clouds, happy little trees. Everything's reasonable. We're all just trying to heal and get along. Fuck yes. 
Yes, we cracked nice. that code. Oh, I dig it. Nice. Seriously, though, come bird watching with me. It's I'd awesome. I'd love to. I got these amazing binoculars for Christmas, and I'm just like out there looking like a you know bird watching binocular person. I feel like I have an alter ego who just, well, I'll tell you more about her another time. Okay. My bird watching alter ego. I'm developing her right now. I think Ooh. her name might be Marge or Meredith. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a WIP, so we'll get there. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. And I'd love to go bird watching with you because whenever you're out in nature, you, I've said it a million times, but like you, you see nature, like you, it catches the corner of your eye and you're like, look at that motherfucker. And I'm like, where? And then you're like, look right there. And I'm like, how did you see that? <laughs> so it's always a sparrow or a snail or a banana slug. You, you and nature are tied together and your eyes are drawn to one another. Well, you know, that's where cannabis really helps too. Like I will never forget the time when I really sort of like figured out that uh, like a two milligram mint at the beginning of my day was the perfect thing for my walk to work because I would arrive at work and I would feel totally, absolutely prepared to be in an office environment and like do my best. Um, But walking there, I would like hear the wind in the trees and kind of like feel my heart beat a little bit. And I was just in touch with myself and the world around me in a way that was very new to me. It was right when I moved to California and I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be good for me. This is going to be really great. It was new to me in a different way. Like I'd only ever really like smoked at night in New York. And then I was like, oh no, this, this can be like an out in nature all day, all the time kind of thing for me. Yeah. Bring the plant back to where it came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. And it's like tendrils are reaching energetically out from you to pull in the world around you in a cool symbiotic kind of way. You're a fucking hippie, dude. I know. (laughs) I'm a fucking hippie trapped in, trapped. <laughs> all right, all right, Glazer. Hippie trapped inside a hype beast, trapped inside a comedian, all wrapped up in one. Speaking of Russian dolls, it, this whole oh, intro yeah, is about Heather. That's right. Well, I was just gonna say, if you were, if you were like a blunt, you would be one of those, like, you know, with the like snake of hash down the middle with the flower and then dipped in oil. That would be you. I contain multitudes of high. You do. Thank you. You that's totally do. Such a beautiful compliment. Wow, I contain. No, I'll, I'll roll with that. I don't need to make a pun out of it. Out of. <laughs> In nervousness. I'll just say thank you. You're welcome, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hippie trapped in a hype beast. Uh, what else is popping? I know we have news. Do yes. you want to hit anything before we get to the news? I would love to hear the Grubble Gazette news because I know that um, the story you're bringing this week is really important and cool. And another sort of like good version of what can happen with weed in 2021. So yeah, hit us with it. The governor of Illinois last Thursday, announced more than 500,000 expungements and pardons for people of low-level marijuana offenses on their records. Peace out. Illinois is leading the charge when it comes to cannabis reform. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Absolutely amazing. And and just so right. Like, that's just every time a state legalizes, that should be the de facto thing that happens. Anyone with a nonviolent cannabis offense, record expunged. Thank Bye. You. Thank you. Awesome. So I'm going to read a bunch of stuff from this article and just cut me off as we go because there's a lot of information in here that I'm pretty excited to share. A uh, little bit of context. The governor of Illinois' name is Pritzker. So if I transition between the word governor and the word Pritzker, it's because it's the same fucking person. Okay. All right. Heard. So, you know, 500K pardons or expungements. And one of the quotes that really stuck out to me was Pritzker saying, um, we will never fully be able to remedy the depth of damage, but we can governor with the courage to admit the mistakes of our past and the decency to set a better path forward. Wow. In in follow-up to that was, this is a burden that has been disproportionately shouldered by communities of color. Yes. So, oh boy, is just finally another person, I'm sure there's others, but finally, like, Another person is on record as saying, we fucked up heavy. Mm -hmm. These people have been so affected by it. How dare we? The courage to make change is our responsibility. Yeah, it's huge. I think also uh, my understanding of what's going on in Illinois with the legal um, cannabis market is that it's actually really um, tough and it's like a really high price point for entry and like that the social equity programs aren't really working very well. So this is like a great start. Interesting. And I'd love to hear from anyone who listens, who knows about what's happening in Illinois 
just you know like an on the ground uh, report it would be great to hear from some folks who listen to hear like what's what's going on there because like I've just heard from some friends through social media and so on I mean maybe there's a, a clubhouse room we could join to learn more about it too yo that's exactly where it would be dropped yeah. yes yeah. but 100%. that's very fucking cool good on Governor Pritzker and Illinois for uh, expunging 500 that's half a million fucking people who are gonna have their records expunged and yeah I'm sure they've all suffered a huge it's, it's terrible stupid fucking amount so 100 percent. great news and on that tip of social reform that you're talking about um the other thing is you know it, they're only a year into all of these programs and last year 2020 they sold like a bill they sold a billion dollars wow worth of i'm gonna burp oh, uh, worth of cannabis okay. so great for the community but what they said at least in um on marijuana moment that is well, let's dig a little deeper into it, is that 25% of those tax dollars collected are designated for restorative justice grants and other funds to support substance misuse, mental health treatment. So a quarter of that billion is supposed to be going towards these things that you're talking about. And it sounds like you've heard through the grapevine that these programs are a little shaky right yeah. now, though. Oh, I mean, I think in any state that's legalizing weed, you know, there is this amount of tax dollars that are earmarked for um, programs to substance abuse treatment, uh, drug education, all that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, it's state by state and that some states are doing better than others. Um, my understanding is that Illinois, it's just been a rocky road and, you know, they're navigating it as best they can. So yeah, yeah. would love to learn more. I'm such a stoner. I heard Rocky Road and I was like, yeah, it's not a bad ice cream. I could go for some right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just know when we talked to uh, the Dance Loud duo, they were saying that things were like not not that easy. Remember when we chatted with them last summer and they were like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Like I, the licenses aren't necessarily going to the right people. Weed is way too fucking expensive. Um, you know, so like, I, you know, there's no state that's rolled it out with a completely, you know, easy sort of blemish free record on, on like doing everything right the first time you know every state learns as it goes but um this is a fucking huge way to kick it off 100 percent, especially in the midwest where um i don't i don't always trust the midwest mm. as it goes because i grew up there and i've seen the um right. the forgetfulness of the people at the top sure so i i'm i'm appreciative of illinois leading the charge the this article goes more into like colorado and new jersey and other areas but just to focus on illinois and what they are doing to start this year after a very fruitful it seems like um financial year in 2020 yeah they made a billion dollars so yeah definitely put some of that money back toward the fucking people who suffered to make it legal 100 percent. thank you guys mm. who wears the this is reported at marijuana moment.net nice yeah um the other thing i wanted to shout out while we're on that tip is i wanted to we both got dms from matt greenberg friend of the show um and just got hired to work in the cannabis industry. So yes. we got another ally, ally making the machine work for us in a beautiful way. Fantastic. Yes, congratulations, congrats, Matt. Matt. Mm. <laughs> what else is popping? We're cruising. I um, need to put more Neosporin on this damn spider bite. This thing is killing me. Is um, it? Yeah, but you know, don't need to draw attention to that. Sometimes I'll scratch a mosquito bite until it bleeds because then I think the poison leaks out and then I just mm. have to deal with a scab. Right. How come you haven't just scratched to bone to see what's in there? I need to get Archie to suck on it is probably what I need to do. Dog medicine. You know animal medicine? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Where you like hold hold your pet until they like leech the, the bad feelings out of you. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I just need to put my spider bite on him and he'll heal that too. That's so funny. Dogs can are I, medicine. Can I tell you a, a, a story you're making me think of that's not about a dog, but it's about a spider bite or a snake bite? Okay. So, you know Tim Robinson from I Think You Should Leave? Fuck yes. Okay. So, so he's... Please come on the podcast. Oh, I'll DM him. Yeah. Uh, why am I saying that? <laughs> Gross, dude. <laughs> Gross! Huge fans, please come on the podcast. <sighs> it's no, Jesus. don't no shame spirals. That's so gross. No, it's fine. Well, maybe I'll text. Yeah, Obama. I, you know, I DM'd our guest today to see if she would come on the podcast. Or no, you did. Wait, I'm claiming fucking. Uh, let's move on from name drops, okay. please. It makes me so uncomfortable. Gotcha. Um, he is part of a group called Cook County Social Club, which is a sketch group and one the probably the funniest improv group I've ever seen. Brendan Jennings, the funniest man I've ever seen. Tim Robinson, Mark Raderman, Greg Hess, and they did a sketch once where um, I, I can't remember if it was Tim or Mark, but one of them got a snake bite 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, no, we got to suck out the poison. And he's like, where is it? And he's like, it's on my butt. And he goes, oh, my God. Okay, I'll suck out the – fine, you're my best friend. I'll suck out the poison on your butt. And he's like, no, the middle. And he's like, what do you mean? He bit me right on the butthole. The, so it, it was this whole sketch about having to suck a snake bite out of – Out of his, your best friend's butthole? Out butt of his friend's butthole. This sounds like some dude humor. It's so funny. <laughs> this sounds like some supreme guy <laughs> – <laughs> Guys having a great time laughing I'll never about forget that. It. <laughs> I probably think about that butthole sketch once a month, and it always makes me laugh. Fucking a, I fucking love it. <laughs> Can we speak about another guy thing that I think you might have going on? Is your towel situation? So, fuck you. <laughs> I'm putting you on blast. Three people bought me towels for Christmas. Yeah. Did you know that? Well, I was one of them. Hello, Natalie, and my goddamn parents. <laughs> Everyone bought me towels. I think Natalie was doing it because didn't she give you a Bon Appetit subscription? Right. And so she bought kitchen towels and a wooden spoon. It was a great gift. Yeah. But when you compile that with your towel choices mm-hmm. and my own family's towel choices, message fucking received, everyone. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, there's like that old trope about like the maroon sheets and the, uh, you know, uh, the guys who change them like once a year or whatever. Yeah. Sophia's tweet. Right. So your towel situation, I mean, you have like that weird washcloth thing next to your sink. I don't even know what that is. What is that? It is a washcloth that I have always used to dry my hands, Mm -hmm. where after I dry my hands, I lay it flat on my bathroom like area Mm -hmm. and it dries to a hard crust and then I dry my hands with it again. Same with my kitchen towel, same with my shower towels. I don't wash them at all because i'm only wash i'm only using them with clean water after i wash a part of my body Mm -hmm. so if if don't make me get into this jesus christ if i'm drying my hands yes after washing them Mm -hmm. with a towel or i'm drying my body after a shower yes then i don't need to wash those towels because they are only sopping up water that is already clean therefore they are clean yeah but that water then gets like mildewy and listen the hard crust like don't you know the joy of the soft fluffy warm clean towel? i use scott's toilet paper you think i know what a nice towel feels like <laughs> i've had the same underwear and socks since i was 16 because they still work i haven't felt something soft in years i am so fucking excited for the day whenever it is that you're like it's now it's today and you go and you buy like beautiful sheets and fresh towels and you're in your like new digs where you have a washer dryer and you like put a fresh towel in the dryer and it's all fluffy and soft and it smells all good and then you take a shower and you come out and you rub yourself off with that fresh warm towel and you only use it once or maybe twice because you don't want to waste water and it's such a good time and you feel all clean it's gonna be really nice you're making me realize that i'm allowed to live in a hotel inside my own home and that has never occurred to me you can make it nice you can make it really really nice yeah even if you don't you i mean i don't wash my towels every single time after i use them i probably go like I would say three showers before I wash a towel. When so so really, we're just talking the difference between three years and three showers. Not much difference. Yeah, not much difference. Yeah, not much difference at all. I'm excited for your day, for your day of awakening when you cross the, you know, that threshold. Fuck cleaning them. I want to get to um, Damon Dash level where I just have bags of new socks to the ceiling and well, I just wasteful. throw socks away and wear new ones every single time. No, but Same that's terrible and wasteful. I agree. I take that back. Yeah. But the fact that three people got me towels is a fucking <laughs> loud and clear. Like what a, it, like you really gave me a, um, yeah, a, a cleanliness intervention. Beautiful new towels. I mean, they look great in your kitchen. I'm excited for you to have clean towels. It was also a gift for you. Let's not listen. Let's yeah. Let's make no mistake that I'm excited about those towels. For when me. I I knew there was a problem when you'd use the bathroom at my place and come out wiping your hands on your pants. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> you think that your pants are cleaner than my goddamn choices? Or I'm just shaking them and twirling. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I'm just gonna air dry. I'm just gonna air dry. There's like a weird crusty square in there that's just not gonna work for me. You know. 
I could probably use it to exfoliate my spider bite. Maybe that would be the fucking trick. Oh, there's something in there for you. Rusty square on the spider bite trick. (laughs) Now I'm going to go with animal medicine. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm flying right now. I am embarrassed about my towel situation. Um, but I, I bet there's people out there who are like, yeah, dude, don't listen to them. Don't let them sway your sitch. Live your life. Live your life. Don't listen to these towel shamers. Fuck them. They're like flame shamers. Don't even pay any attention. Yeah, I'm not trying to tell you towel shame you. I'm excited for myself. I hear you. True fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so here's my biggest problem with the fluffy towels mm-hmm. is it is I've tried in the past to get a new towel from Target and I feel like a lot of the fluffy towels have this weird like thing on them where they don't Oh, it's because they're not up the fucking water up. It's like a brown paper towel from elementary school that you paid $40 for. Oh, full on. Those Target towels are like polyester blend. You need to get the like deeply, mostly, I think 100% cotton probably is the only way to go. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I just feel like I'm pushing around the water on my armpits. Yep. And it's bullshit. Yeah. So I stick with crusty washcloths. Well, I know what to get you for your birthday. I will get you 100% big cotton towel to soak it all up and you'll wrap yourself in it and then you'll walk around like you're at a sauna all day i'll be like we have to record could you please put on some pants could you yeah okay that sounds good <laughs> yeah that'll be fine you do, you... speaking of I... <laughs> and then you look at my jeans and you're like there is a hole in the crotch there's a hole in the pocket when did you wash your jeans last <laughs> mike <laughs> What's happening? You don't need to wash jeans. They're made of some proprietary blend that never smells. That's true. Actually, you should never wash your jeans. That's what I heard. Yeah. See? Yep. Oh, I'm with you on that. There's too many fucking rules There's out no here. There's no rules, man. Do your thing. I like the way you do your thing. Do your thing all the time. Do it your way. I'm not here to tell you how to do it any other way. So reasonable. I'm just, yeah, happy to be, you know, next to you for some of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then be by myself. For some of the other time. Such a reasonable statement. And hopefully be reasonable in both spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, with the help of uh, good weed. Yeah. Like Lake Grade. Yo, Lake Grade is, I'm telling you, this Budzilla for me is just, it's cooking through my veins in a way that makes my body happy. I'm really appreciative of, of finding something that works for me on all levels at all occasions. And that's just no cap. It's dope. I really like their pre-rolls, their five-pack pre-rolls. It's fucking awesome. Like, I like the way they're rolled. I like the... Um, crutch i like the way they fucking smoke i've i like have one next to my tv when i grab my remote i'll just like hit that joint a couple of times and then watch bridgerton it's yes. perfect bridgerton is so fucking funny and i'll say the budzilla is perfect because it's like that balance so you can like feel totally relaxed but your brain feels inspired so you're like awake for the tv but your body is sort of melting it's that perfect thing yeah mm-hmm. speaking of things to watch hitting the budzilla because you got me a moon pod for christmas and i was laying in it yes my move was to smoke one Budzilla pre-roll while watching Con Air for the ninth time. And I just kept taking baby hits all through Con Air to maintain. Perfect. And by the end of when they... Spoil alert, I guess, if you haven't seen fucking Con Air. It's one of the greatest Nick Cage movies yeah, of all time. 20-something years old. It's totally. That yeah. sweet spot of Gone in 60 Seconds, National Treasure, Con Air, Face Off. The Rock. The Rock. Just heyday Cage. Yep. And you know when the plane crashes in Vegas? Yes. At the end, and it's just chaos. And it's like they hit an armored truck, and it's raining cash. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fucking cash and cocaine happening in that movie. It's so good. That's exactly when I finished a pre-roll. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, man, you can just time out your high with a great movie in a way that is uh, is like built for your pleasure. And it's like awesome. It is perfect. I also really appreciated smoking that joint with you um, over the weekend and watching Angel Heart, which I had never, I remember, I think I, I feel like I vaguely remember when it came out because I remember it being sort of shocking. Oh, it's and a very uh, is dubious the right word for uh, this movie? I don't know, but da- yeah. debaucher. It's yeah, it's, it's definitely debaucherous? there's a lot of debauchery. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's very, it's like it's pretty crazy. I think they just narrowly avoided an R rating by removing like ten seconds X. of film, or X. Sorry, it was R. They just narrowly, yeah, um, avoided getting an X. But it was like, I mean, Lisa Bonet is so incredibly smoking hot in that movie. Mickey Rourke is great. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird, fucked up, dark, twisted, kind of gory movie but it's a very slow burn and it was like 40 minutes into it and I was like "Mm, are we gonna make it through this like I feel like nothing's really happening we hit that joint and we're like able to kind of like focus and then 
wow, I'm glad I stuck with it. It was kind wild. Of, kind of blew my mind. I don't know if I would recommend it for many people because it's pretty violent, but it was also fascinating and weird. And De Niro making a special appearance. With those long ass nails? It was so good. Come on. Kind of. It was very weird. I don't know. <laughs> Mickey Rourke is astonishing. I have two, two things to add. Mm-hmm. One is, yes, if you are wanting to watch something for two hours where you have no idea where it's going and you want to be pleasantly baked for it, that is the type of movie for you. Mm-hmm. Two, I love that you said slow burn. I almost made a joke, but I decided not to. <laughs> but it did make me think of what if we did a show where it was like movie and TV reviews and we called it Smoke Show and uh, there was a category in it called the slow burn. And we just get super high and talk about Bridgerton and all of these other things. I want to do nothing more. When do we start? Let's start tonight. Let's do it right now. Come on. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about? This yeah. is this is our new thing. <laughs> now we are doing that all the time. Welcome to Smoke Show, everybody. <laughs> this is a podcast about getting stoned and watching TV shows and movies and binging them and then talking about them with my co-host, Mary Jane Gibson. Great all the time I'm just, I have nothing to add I'm just like yeah it's good <laughs> <laughs> it's good I mean I do want to talk about Bridgerton because that show is so interesting it's got like this really um, great American take on the period drama that I think is going to make it exciting for a lot of people who just can't fucking bear you know the period piece because it's like you know it's exciting and like the costume designs are amazing and the casting is fucking great like the royalty are black and like yeah that's what i was gonna say i feel like all period pieces before like shondaland or i'm speaking out of pocket on this but like they just felt racist to watch for me right yeah yeah they're all white casts telling stories where there are no people of color or of like the black actors are in it they're like in there momentarily in there momentarily and playing like maids and butlers and yep. shit like that yeah but and on to bridgerton because i'm i think on the third episode oh wow so i haven't seen uh more than the first two but i'm fucking loving it another sexy steamy goddamn thing hell yes some sexy sexy sex scenes just gorgeous like costume design and the lighting is really beautiful and they're all clearly having a great time chewing the scenery together and like it's just pretty wonderful I'm, what do you I'm think really of the duke him. smolder the duke smolder is unbearably hot and his boxing scenes are like i'm sweating right now thinking about it. look at me i'm holding <laughs> my arms holding you holding look like molly shannon playing superstar like, to smell her pits yeah my fingers are in my armpits and i'm like yeah this is pretty, that guy he's great he's so he's very hot He's very hot. His boxing scenes are also very, it's all very hot. He's really fucking hot. (laughs) I'm drooling. Oh my goodness. Anyway, let me pull myself together. Uh Uh-huh. Wipe my lips. Okay, great. Okay, great. Great. So Bridgerton, everyone. It's, it's, he's sexy. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, you're killing me. Yeah. You want to get to Buds of the Week? Yes. Let's do Buds of the Week this week. Um, can I go first? I would love it. Yeah, please go first and um, while I compose myself. <laughs> yeah, you are beat red. I know. I can feel it. I'm flushed. Like, okay. Yeah, he has an effect on me. It's good. I don't, yeah. His audition must have been, can you memorize these lines and how do you look when you turn around quickly? Yep. Or, yeah, and throw a punch. And throw a punch. Yeah, oh, was, I, yeah he's just hot as shit. He's so fucking sexy. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> please go ahead. <laughs> My butt of the week this week is Lisa Curry. She's a dear friend. Uh, her Instagram is at Olympian Lisa Curry. And I just wanted to shout her out as my bud this week because she works so fucking hard in comedy. She's so talented. And she has a new show coming out on Sirius XM called Long Story Long. And she has these wonderful interviews with comedians where she gets you to say things that you were like, why am I saying this to you? And why is this going to be published all over the world? So she got to announce finally long story long is premiering on Sirius XM's She's so funny channel, which is channel seven, seven, one, and it's dropping Thursday. So the day after this is going to be released, if you're looking for something else to listen to and, and you have serious, check out Lisa Curry's long story long. I'm really proud of her. That's awesome. I can't wait to check it out. Yeah. That's my butt of the week. Dope. Lisa Curry. Fantastic butt of the week. I'm so excited to listen. Um, my butt of the week is uh, a dog. My butt <laughs> of the <laughs> not Sorry. my dog. My butt of the week is Joel Hadley's dog, who I have yet to meet. But I am so delighted that uh, Joel has got this little guy, 
happening in his life and he's all over his IG story so follow at brother elephant to see Joel Hadley's puppy he's trying out names right now he's uh like he's he kind of reminds me of Archie Moo when Archie was a puppy he's got that like you know kind of terrier mix energy he's got big old feet and a sweet little face and kind of wiry hair that goes in all directions and he's clearly like just a, a little bundle of love and joy and um I'm so excited for Joel so that's he's my butt of the week that's great. The yet-to-be-named uh, puppy who is uh, going to be good friends with Archie Moo, hopefully. Oh, nice. That's crazy because that ties into our VIB, our very important bud this week, Heather. Yes. And her, we talk about her dog. We talk about art. Like, wow, Mary Jane. Yeah, Look how it comes good together. Good dog love in this episode. There and is. Yeah, it was so amazing to talk to Heather Matarazzo, who's like... I've just admired for decades uh, her career as an actor is incredible. And then to connect with her uh, for this podcast and hear about her journey, healing and learning about herself. And she's so fucking funny. Yes. And taking huge leaps. Yeah. It was just truly like it feels like such a perfect app to drop at the beginning of this year because I don't know. She gives me hope in so many ways. And also she fucking loves dogs. Fuck yes. Well, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Another reasonable person out here. Another reasonable, wonderful person. All right. Well, then without further ado, here is our interview with Heather Matarazzo. I will give you the very, very, very abbreviated version of my journey with the marijuana, the weed, the Mary Jane, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the ganj. Mm-hmm. I um, had a really, I, I could not smoke weed in my late teens. I would become incessantly paranoid because A, it wasn't legal and I was convinced that I was going to get arrested even if I was smoking in my apartment in New York. And also, I ended up like, Heather, do you tell this story? Do you tell it? Because it's going to lead to more questions, which is is all well, good, and fine. Um, So I found myself in Alcoholics Anonymous when I was 21. And I was there until I was 33, And I didn't realize that the group I was a part of was a cult. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That particular group of people. Yeah. Just that one small group. That one, and it wasn't small. It was like 600 people. And I also, and, and, and that has, listen, I, because, like, for fuck's sakes, maybe alcoholics aren't listening to this podcast. Um, who the fuck knows? Maybe they are. Um, you know, I've and, and it's something that I've just started to kind of grapple with, especially with the vow coming out and all of this stuff. And being, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh. And subsequently talking with other members who have left, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous itself as an ideal and as an idea, I think is great. In practice, I think it's incredibly dangerous. And for me and my journey, you know, I was drinking a lot because I didn't realize that I was suffering from severe PTSD. And I was going to meetings seven days a week had a commitment at every single meeting, had a sponsor who had a sponsor who had a sponsor who had a sponsor doing the big book, doing the 12 and 12, doing the meet, like all of the shit. And I still wanted to kill myself. And I was going to therapy for years. And this therapist of mine who had 25 years sober himself had said, you know, I I think we've hit a ceiling, but have you ever... Um, thought of working with ayahuasca and I was like ayahuasca what and cut to me doing two years worth of research before I finally threw up my hands in October of uh, 2015 and I was like all right fuck it universe if I'm meant to fucking do this I am because I was afraid 
to get in my car. I was afraid to leave my house because I thought I would drive off a cliff. And as the universe, multiverse, whatever the fuck you want to call it, works, at least in my experience in life, within 24 hours, I had a call that a person had quote-unquote dropped out of this um, 10-day retreat to Costa Rica to work with this medicine and would that be something I wanted to do and so I found myself in February of 2016 working with this medicine for 10 days and it completely fundamentally changed the direction and makeup of my life and cut then to few months go by because I, I I was going there to deal with my depression. I was going there to deal with um, childhood sex trauma and a lot of that and again none of this is a magic bullet. It's not like oh I did it and all's well now. It, like the integration is really where the work starts um, or continues as it were and I, I was still having problems with sex and my body was still freezing. I was still going numb on one side. It was a thing. And I talked with a woman who was part of that circle, and she had suggested seeing this therapist that did MDMA-assisted therapy. And so I went to see him in October of 2016, and that saved my life. I have not had suicidal ideation since. Um, I see him about once a year. And so, cut to then May of 2017. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try weed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can have a new relationship with this medicine, because I look at it as a medicine, and I look at it as a friend, and I look at it as um, something that is incredibly beneficial. And the first time that I smoked. I got incredibly, incredibly paranoid, and I thought I was going to die. And I said to my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, I feel very afraid. Would you mind holding me? And for me to say something like that in and of itself was, like, who the fuck am I? Who is this person that is asking for physical attention? when she feels terrified and so now my relationship with it is <sighs> it is lovely it is great as long as I remember that it's a symbiotic relationship and it's not me like hey man I'm gonna like smoke some weed and whatevs but that that Everything is energy, and, and I say this not in like a foo-foo L.A. Ooh, ooh, way, but <laughs> scientifically, every single thing is fucking energy, and um, and so I, I I do my best to treat it with respect, and in those moments that I have a, a moment of forgetting, it, it very quickly reminds me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, hi. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me on your podcast. <laughs> the best. The best. The best. The greatest. Um, as somebody who's never taken it or or um, used it as medicine, but is incredibly interested in it, like how were you able to trust ayahuasca when you are coming into and a guru like that or whatever that person might be called when you're coming from this group of six hundred who have tried to make you rely on them for everything you are i mean because uh, here's the thing is is the the experiences that led me to that space in costa rica in february of 2016 they were such two random things that seemingly had nothing to do with like uh, somebody that i went to high school with who died her sister was the one that happened to know the dude that the path um yeah. yeah the path and and it, it's been said 
at least in all of the fucking books I've read, <laughs> is that when she wants you to sit with her, she wants you to sit with her. And mm-hmm. sit with her, you will. And so the path is the path is the path is the path. Um, I have a really great group of friends when I was living in Chicago. And every year we would take as many mushrooms as we could hold together. And we always called it Path Day. And <laughs> then we would just go out into Chicago and just like every moment was a special moment. And wherever it led was exactly where we were supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. yes, so. yes. I trusted myself enough to say yes mm-hmm. to an experience that terrified me. I'd never taken a psychedelic hallucinogen and theogen in my life ever because wow. I was always so afraid of losing control mm-hmm. and and didn't know what was going to happen. But anything was better than the mind that I came in with. Like, it really was the last stop on the bus for me. It mm-hmm. was, if this doesn't work, I'm going home and I'm committing suicide. Like, that's it. Just like next week, I'm, I'm going to the DMV to get my car re-registered. It was a statement of fact. No emotions attached to it. Just really, that was it. And, and I think that we're very multifaceted beings, you know, like energetic Russian dolls where you have the two-year-old, you have the five-year-old, you have the 10-year-old, you have the 15-year-old, you have the 20-year-old, you have the 20, like you have all of these different aspects of self that even though we physically age and, and we hopefully gain some wisdom, that doesn't mean that those other energetic aspects of ourselves aren't still there, at least mm-hmm. for me, you know? So some, some sense of self uh, nudged me to say yes, you know, um, that like this, this has got to be helpful. Like, just try, just try, just be open, just be open. Um, and it's that, it was that gentle voice that, um, and maybe that's like my 90 year old self and we just haven't met yet. You know what I mean? Like, who no the doubt. fuck knows? You no know? Like, doubt. So, yeah. So, so that's that. <laughs> I love the metaphor of the nesting Russian doll and the sort of like the, the settling everyone into place and letting each of those pieces know that it's safe. Yes. And that it's home and that it's safely home in the body that you have. Like that that's actually where you're safest and, and most at home. That's such a radical idea, I think, to me. Uh, you know, the times that I've felt, you know, my, the most frightened is when I'm not, I'm not safe in my head. I'm not safe in, in this container that I'm in. And so just I love that idea of like putting each piece into place and then saying you're safe, you're home, you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and it's of the most fundamental importance. I mean, for me, I've only just started to feel at home in my body in the last few years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I grew up in a space where my body was not considered mine. It was mm-hmm. someone else's. So it was... So to even know that that I had any authority or agency over my body was, even though I knew that intellectually, physiologically, that central nervous system didn't, didn't realize that. So everything was seemingly a threat. You're making me think of a, a friend of mine who is a Jungian analyst who described to me the concept of just being a container mm. and, you know, having a varying amount of space. And some, some containers are huge and others are don't have very much capacity. And just watching your body of work over the years and knowing how open-hearted you were with that and how vast your whole container must have been that whole time, but it seems like there were compartments within and maybe you're just taking out the walls 
to be a bigger container. I don't know if that is a no, I mean, metaphor I felt, that makes any sense. <laughs> no, it makes it makes perfect sense, you know, and it's like, what is like a container within a container? It's all like Russian doll, container, whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I always felt safest when I was working because it was the only time that I felt that I was able to adequately um, express my feelings. And getting mm-hmm. to look back now, there's that great quote that... Um, uh, God, I'm going to fucking get her name wrong, aren't I? I'm going to, I always confuse Kristen and Kirsten. Kristen Bangsness. Mm-hmm. I probably got it wrong because it's Kirsten for fuck's sakes. But she had, she had said to me months ago and it's, it stuck with me. Love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art, which I think is like a Stanislavski quote. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm going to actor jail. Um, <laughs> but really that that thing of I because I was playing a character and depending on on where the character was in life it was very easy for me to uh tap into the emotional body mm-hmm. and and the energy of said character that I was playing because the truth is fear is fear, love is love, joy is joy. You know, anger is anger, all of that stuff. Those, those are things that we all feel universally as beings. Does that mean it's easy? I'm sorry to interrupt, no, but no, is no, that does okay. that just mean acting's really easy for you? Like it's like because it's your safe space, it just like it it's it's a it's a home because it's easy when I'm honest. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It's word. easy when I'm honest. When I'm being dishonest with myself, then I'm going to be dishonest in my work. This makes me think of we right before we uh, were going to record with you. We watched the trailer for Stuck, and uh, two things. One mm-hmm. is I'm good friends with Avery Pearson, so I would like to shout him out on the pod and say, yeah. "Hey, buddy, thinking yeah. of you." <laughs> yeah. And two, um, it I if we looked at everything right, did your wife? write that and then Mm -hmm. you starred in it yes this this these are all facts okay this is true Mm -hmm. um and also for anyone listening that then subsequently follows me um yeah i think that we're gonna yeah for fuck's sakes i can't say anything god damn it (laughs) son of a bitch um yes my wife heather terman we both have the same first name one listening to remember. Um, <laughs> but yes, I met my wife on that film. I love Avery and uh, yeah. Did you know each other? You didn't know each other before? No. no. Whoa. Did you audition and this was for her? No. This, and this And keep in mind, this is 2016. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 2016. <Wait. laughs> what a year. Two, what a fucking year if only i mean for fuck's sakes um i'm yeah so i shot that in september of 2016 right in between the ayahuasca experience and then the mdma experience um and my dog had died in my my love of my life henry miller like first dog we raised each other teacher friend heart opener did Ugh. it lay on your legs at night i love that you say it he's, um, i have a dog <laughs> and he's you're new to dogs right i'm very I'm, new yeah. to the idea of this stuff so well, what, what what's the proper terminology he um but, but i also but then there's like some version of self that's like he could have been gender and non-binary um sure. I mean, mean, we could get into nicknames, too. We could go into, like, dog songs, you know? That is... I I can bark like a... I I can bark like a dog. Mm -hmm. I can. Um, Legitimately. And I used to do that down the streets of New York. Just randomly. I would just bark at random dogs. And they would bark back. (laughs) Fantastic. Can we... I'll, I'll do one. I'll try, just so it's a safe space for barking. But okay. you know, do yeah. you want to go first? Oh yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to follow you, okay. Mary Jane. Are you in? Uh, you t- sure. Okay, yep. I'm going to try. Okay. All right. Oh, am I going now? 
that in a baby I do that in a baby (laughs) this is so funny people are gonna think that we just dropped in sound cues that's nuts (laughs) holy smokes there you go there you go I want to talk a little bit more about the idea of of like having animals in your life because it seems like so I, I've had them, my family's had them, but I've never really known them, I guess, if that makes sense. Yes. But Mary Jane has a great dog named Archie or Captain Poop and Chew. Mr. Moo. Mr. Moo. Also, yep. Senator Ding Dong. Senator That's a popular Ding one. Dong. Yeah. Oh, what kind of dog? <laughs> He's a mystery mixed terrier guy, okay. um, 23 pounds, okay. um, black with silver beard, sweet little juicy black lips and... Um, the spotted tongue. He's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's truly my world. He's wonderful. And I also have a cat who um, is problematic, but I also love him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like problematic, like typical asshole cat shit? Like... Yeah, I mean, he's like a terrible cat in the sense that he's a wonderful cat. Like, he was the murderous lord of Brooklyn until I adopted him and then put him into retirement. And now he is just old and, you know, doesn't like mirrors and screams at 6 a.m., you know. <laughs> he's, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. You make me think of the, the guy in the dark bar in the action movie who has the scar Totally. down his eye yeah, he's who's totally, seen some shit yeah he's snake pliskin he's old snake pliskin <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> bobo um those are my guys but yes mike is mike has kind of like gotten to know my creatures quite well and it's i feel like it's been a bit it's of been education. great yeah it's been awesome but i saw your tweet today is that your yeah guy it's my my lady my oh, lady, lady nanea yeah Nenea. Yeah. Get a dog. It'll change your life. Mm-hmm. It'll change yeah. your life. On my on my saddest, most suicidally ideational day, I still had to walk my dog. That's I still had to walk my dog. And literally, I mean, dog is God spelled correctly. Mm-hmm. Ooh, love it. Like yeah. 150%. I didn't have, I didn't have pets growing up. I I wasn't allowed to have any. And when I got Henry, he was a yellow lab pit bull mix. He was terrified of skateboards. He had severe separation anxiety. Went through two mattresses with him. And love of my life. Mm-hmm. There was a turning point. I was shooting a movie in uh, New Mexico, and I used to make him his food. And he would always want to... Uh, I miss him. Um, he would always want to come with me in the car. And so I brought him with me, and he left the windows down, like, just enough. And... Apparently, somebody opened the door to the car while I was inside to let him out because people are fucking assholes and just yeah. whatevs. And it's also my right. fault because I don't think I locked the door. Um, and he was missing for three days <gasps> in Bumblefuck, New Mexico. God. And... He ended up being found, and I just happened, quote unquote, to have those three days off. Those were my only three days off of work. And he was found on the third day in a alpaca field. Like, there was like an alpaca farm. Mm -hmm. And that fundamentally changed our relationship. Because the first two years that we were together... I think we were kind of looking at each other like, who the fuck are you? Like, who are you? 
I don't know how I feel about you. And as soon as he went missing, the devastation that I felt, like if anybody, like it's the worst feeling in the world um, because you're in the complete unknown and it's the worst kind of unknown that you can possibly fathom. And from then on, he was, he was my fucking ride or die. Um, and the day before I moved from New York to LA, I brought him to the vet to just have a checkup, make sure he was okay. And he had been diagnosed with a heart tumor and they gave him between one to six months to live. Whoa. And I'm like, God damn son of a bitch. Like what the fuck? And he lived a year and a half past his quote unquote expiration date. Mm-hmm. And when his time finally came, cause I, I, I used to, I would look at him just any random old day. And I would think, I don't know how I'm going to live without you. And I would imagine how I, how I would feel But could never really truly get behind it and around it. I, I really d- didn't know whether or not I was going to be able to survive. And here's the truth. In 2009, I suicidal. And I was living in an apartment that had these overhead beams and I would lie on the floor staring up at the ceiling at these beams wondering if they would hold my weight then I would look at Henry I'd be like but who's going to take care of Henry and so I told him that I wouldn't go anywhere as long as he didn't go anywhere and that when he was ready to go The exchange was that he would only go if he knew I was going to be okay. And he passed away almost a month to the day after my ayahuasca ceremony. Having a, having a dog, having a cat, having an animal, at least for me, if you were looking to have an experience of having your heart broken wide open, if you are looking for an experience of what it means to experience unconditional love and joy and just being present get adopt don't shop (laughs) but yeah, that's my PSA for you, Mike. That's my PSA. I don't know if I made it sound more attractive or less attractive. Oh, uh, an an amazing amount more. And I, I mean, Mary Jane, please. I shouldn't be talking right now because I see how you are with Archie. And I, I love. He truly is my heart outside my body, and he has saved my life. He truly has. He got me out of a place that I didn't think I was going to make it out of so I totally feel that way about my guy I I kind of feel like I want to talk to you forever but I know that you know we got to wrap things up a bit and it's it's us it's like bittersweet but I also just like like you so fucking much and it's so great to speak with you oh my gosh oh I received that oh that felt like a nice warm hug can you plug anything that you're excited about yeah like if if I mean you can follow me on twitter like at heather mataraz because my last name was too long to add the o um and on instagram equal HBO Max uh, is out now, and um, Stuck will be re-released in the next couple of months. Don't quote me on that. And really, honestly, just uh, send good vibes and all that fucking shit as, as I sit here writing this fucking book for myself and, and, and 
my extension of self, which I guess is all you guys. Heck yes. Thank you. Could we end Thank on, you. I was thinking, could we end on some dog barks and that's the last thing people hear? Oh, yeah. And like that'll be the end? Are you okay yeah. with that? Yeah. Hell yeah. If we could all do a dog bark at the end? Yeah. Okay, fun. Ready? Yep. All right. One, two, three. <laughs> 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 <laughs>